0: Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeze podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real-life stories from high-performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. It's me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and I'm here to talk to you about how you don't need to sell your soul to be good at sales. If something doesn't feel right, if this something isn't you then don't do it. This goes for sales, but it also goes for wider elements of your business and your personal life. That you need to stay true to yourself and believe that you're enough and protect your own integrity, value that integrity and don't compromise it. Don't compromise who you are and what you stand for in order to make a sale. You don't need to do that. You are enough. You will attract the right people. You need to have that belief in yourself and to create the tools and resources that you need in order to communicate with your ideal customer and help them to understand how you can best help them. And that's it. You know, it's a bit of a mindset shift as well, as far as um, I'm going to come onto this in a future podcast, but around how you're actually providing value to your ideal customer it's not about making money yes money is made as a byproduct but you have something that that person needs that is of value to them Um, why shouldn't they exchange it for money if there is nothing else of of, of use for them to, to give you in return that's what it is at the end of the day it's an exchange of resources if they didn't need it they wouldn't be paying for it but before I get started on all that, I just want to do a quick update on Selling Without sleeves and how things are going. So the IP has now gone in for different countries, not just the UK. We are now well into February. We've created a new normal at home with the mini me's with the addition of B3. Um, and so, um, you know, we are getting sort of into our, our sort of new Um, new routine as it were obviously um, anybody with children will appreciate that the goalposts are literally always moving there's always changes there's always developments because you know they are evolving little things Um, but you know we've got a bit more of a handle on that now And, and I'm looking you know quite focused now actually on getting back to work the plan is to come back around the end of March beginning of April with a view to really kicking things off from sort of May onwards. There's lots of activity behind the scenes. A couple of episodes ago, I was talking around my my quarter one goals, working on those, working on the different steps and and milestones that I need to achieve in order to make sure that I am ready to hit the ground running. I am a big fan of creating opportunities out of what could be adversity or or tricky situations. Um, and, And I feel really fortunate to be able to make the most of this sort of break as far as sort of uh, drawing a line and, and uh, approaches and and creating new resources and new ways of working with me uh, going forwards. I think it's a lot easier to do that when you've had a break from clients to come back and, and to create a different offering and to provide something new rather than having to sort of uh, fizzle out working with people or increasing prices um it's quite a natural progression it's quite a natural um, stop and start point um for me to be able to introduce new things and new pricings so um i feel really fortunate to be able to do that and you know to have a business to be able to continue to keep the business ticking over whilst I, i've been off you know i've got support now it's no longer just me and martin um in, in the businesses Uh, We we have a team of people who we, you know, we can rely on and who have have really hit the ground running with getting things um, up and running and, and sorted to support both businesses. And so, you know, I do feel really fortunate. But, you know, that opportunity did not just, you know, smack me in the face one day. It took a lot of planning. It took a lot of effort to get to this point we are very fortunate but it's fruition from from our own hard work and you know a decent number of years of us as working on it on our own um without having that support exciting times ahead um i'm really excited to be able to share with you um i'll keep these snippets going at the beginning of the podcast the feedback on it's been really good um do a snippet before i i get going um with the sort of main topic which today as i've said is talking around being yourself and trusting that that's enough and and using the skills that you have and the approach that you have to attract the right customers for you. Touching on maternity leave, um, just before I went off on maternity leave, I worked with a really genuinely nice guy. He'd received terrible advice and was actually following a script. He wanted me to help him to convert more customers. He wasn't sure what his problem was, whether it was attracting enough leads, whether it was converting enough of those leads into paying customers, but he was acutely aware that he wasn't achieving the sales that he needed to, to be doing in his business. I've mentioned scripts there, and, and for those of you which are frequent listeners to the podcast, you'll appreciate that I am, I am not a fan of scripts. The reason why I'm not a fan of scripts is because that it takes away from you your personality and your ability to think. Okay, You do not write a script for difficult conversations like arguments. That is, in a way, a bad example because, obviously, they're very emotionally-driven scenarios, where actually you know a few pointers and notes might be helpful but what i'm saying to you is is that the most important conversations that you have you're not going away and writing a script you're not asking somebody else to put those words into your mouth so why do it with sales and the vast majority of the time why people do this with sales is because they don't feel confident selling Sales is fundamentally communication skills. It's the ability to persuade somebody to put over information and communicate with that person and make it clear to them how you can help them. It's using the vocabulary. It's using the skills that you use in, in everyday life. You know, I mentioned children at the beginning of this, the podcast the skills that you use to persuade your children to coerce them into doing things um you are constantly negotiating and persuading um when you are around really anything over sort of 18 months 2 years it, there's there's a level of of consultation and compromise sometimes but you know you're you're talking through with them you're explaining things you're providing them with outcomes and 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 scenarios um and negotiating things with them and persuading them to follow a certain approach or behavior or instructions and and that 's very similar um, with what you 're doing <laughs> or the skills that you 're using with a customer, but thankfully quite a different relationship so this guy he walked me through his sales conversation during our first session. It's not the, the approach I normally take. Um, but due to time constraints and, you know, the, the position he was in, he really needed to make a sale. Um, there was opportunities, there was conversations going on. People, he was frightened of messing them up. And so we, we jumped straight in on, um, on the sales call and, you know, the, the process he'd gone through. Ideally, I would have liked to have listened to, um, a recording ever sales call he'd done recently but that wasn't an option and so um it was straight into him sort of talking me through and as walking through as if role-playing which martin always gets terribly excited and sniggers over whenever i say role-playing but you know it is role-playing um me being the customer and and then being themselves and and it became you know super apparent to me that there wasn't a bit of him in there he had been replaced by a direct to the point of being rude person um, who was really hell bent on making that potential customer feel as bad as possible. Um, You know, their focus was really on making them feel terrible. And, you know, he was being the source of that pain, um, which is never a good thing to position um, yourself with, with the customers. You know, I appreciate there's the uncovering of of needs and and pains as people like to say um and you can you know you can help build that in that person's mind but this was to the point of of just being just making them feel really awful about themselves and and I sort of liken this to picking a scab you know like yes they're, they're aware of this they're aware of this downfall they're aware of this thing that they they can't do for instance with like personal trainers and things like that they're aware of the fact that they're fat and that they're not that attractive you do not need somebody pointing it out and then prodding array at your fat bits going, look at this, look at this, look at this. You just don't need it. Um, And so, you know, you're metaphorically prodding at their fat when you start banging on about the difficulties that they're experiencing. You're picking away at that scab and there's no need. You know, you can uncover it, you can get an understanding and then just move on. Not surprisingly, the outcome of these calls was was the fact that you know he got fewer sales than he was hoping for, um, and when he did get sales, they didn't tend to be his ideal customer and and that wasn't surprising to me because he was left with those which related to the style that he'd had, and so you know he was after people who were wanting to make a change in their business who were sort of quite go getty and and he was actually attracting way more of the sort of downtrodden. Um, and of course he was because they they kind of were <laughs> what was going on in their head was very similar to to what he'd been saying to them um when he was making them feel really awful about themselves and their business. So it didn't surprise me at all that he was attracting um the wrong sort of customer with the wrong sort of mentality because they were willing and, and they they could relate to and they were potentially you know used to um, the approach that he was using. And and the key thing here is when I asked him how he felt about saying those things, and he said he felt embarrassed and sorry for the person that he was on a call with. And I was like, well, well then why did you do it? You know, like, sometimes all logic can leave us. You know, when we're told this is the way that you do something, this is how it should be done. When you don't have confidence in that scenario, you end up just relying on the other person like there's some sort of superior being. If, you know, your head is telling you, this isn't right, this is awful, I feel awful doing this, you know what, don't do it. Your head is fully aware of your moral compass, your natural way of behavior, and if it doesn't fit with it, don't do it. Don't become a mini person, mini version of that person who handed you the sales script, who charged you whatever they did to share their pearls of wisdom. And they said it worked, okay. I said, well, why did you do it then? And they said, well, he said, well, it works. Um, I was told it would work. And I was like, but is it working for you? He was like, well, no. And I was like, well, you know, who did it work for then? And they were talking about the person. And I was like, yeah. And, and when that person sold you that training, how did they make you feel? You know, he then went on to talk around the, the sort of pressured sale that he'd had and the way that he was, you know, he ended up feeling quite silly over where where his own business was at. And I was like, "Well." You know, what do you think how do you think you're leaving your customer feeling? He was fully aware, he was quite squirmy and he was like, Well yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that. I'm I'm making them feel like I did. Which obviously, you know, you don't need me then drilling it in and picking at the scab to go, oh well, you know, so what do you think impact did that have on them? And then how do they think of you? And carrying on like that. There is no need to do that. Um, you know, he'd fully got the picture. I did not need to drill it home. You know, moving on from that, we worked on his toolkit, which is looking at the skills, the resources, the go-to phrases that he'll need to sell to that customer. Okay, not only does that make them feel more confident going into sales calls, but it also makes him a heck of a lot more effective. When you are service-based, when you are a service-based business, you're likely to have very close working relationships with the person that you're selling to. When you turn up as your true self instead of the person in the sales conversation, um, it can lead to all sorts of difficulties. They were expecting somebody who was, you know, harsh to the point of rude. If you're not like that, then they're expecting a different approach, a different behavior, a different atmosphere whilst working with you than, than actually what they're going to get. And and actually, you know, the, even the nicer version of that, it doesn't fit everybody it is essential to be yourself. And and if it's not you, then don't do it. Don't be afraid to say no, whoever they are. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And that is absolutely fine. And appreciating that, you know, detaching yourself from your business so that, you know, it's very easy to be like, you're the business, the business is you. Um, but actually, the business is, is is an entity on its own. It doesn't reflect on on you as a person. The key thing here is that you don't need to be everybody's everybody's preference, everyone's go-to. You wouldn't have enough resources, whether that's product or service, to, to meet everybody's needs. What you want are the people that you can really have um, a decent impact on, okay? And that's the thing, and, and that's what I go for, that's what my aim is. For instance, um, we've worked with, uh, our mentor, um, Dan Meredith. You know, he is a very direct talker. He's got a proper potty mouth. Um, we worked with him for over two years and, and, and he's, you know, he's got a real potty mouth. He's a direct talker. He's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. But as I say, you don't want to be. I'm drawn to direct people. I like knowing where I stand it doesn't bother me. I like that clarity. The worst sort of people for me are shouters. So people who shout and scream at you can't cope with that at all. Getting shouted and screamed at, I become some sort of nervous wreck. And those that wrap things up, trying to be nice, they would sort of wrap it up in cotton wool and and it ends up being I have to sort of follow some sort of trail of cryptic clues to figure out what actually they mean when I'd rather them just cut to the chase save both of us a lot of time and just say what they think. And so I like those direct people and guess what most of my friends prefer direct communicators because that's what you attract. Yeah and it's the same for your clients you attract like-minded people. But that's a good thing because that means you get better results and you get have a more enjoyable time, they're less hassle, they're more fun. You know, the, the, the problems tend to occur when when people think that they want that sort of communication when in fact they don't. It really does make sense to be yourself to, you know, what is it your vibe attracts your tribe and all that, you know, there there are lots of people saying very similar things. But you can sometimes forget that when you are faced with some sort of guru, who is going, you know, what, my techniques work. They've always worked. They've worked for X number of years and look how much revenue I've produced. Yes, you have, you have, you've produced that amount of revenue for you using your approach, you're using your personality and people are drawn to that approach and that personality. But if you are not that sort of person, it goes back to the whole being funny thing. I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, if you are fundamentally not a funny person, then don't try and be, because it's just really awkward. And, you know, I I was aware of somebody who was very, very good. they were a copywriter. They did very funny emails and sales letters and things like that. But the problem was, was they, they, you know, you could buy those as templates and you could send off very amusing um, letters to people and emails to people. But when they meet you, they're going to be disappointed that you're not that jokery kind of person that funny person who was on the email and that's a shame you're doing yourself a disservice because rather than looking and seeing what your qualities are they're going to be looking and seeing what they aren't and so it's always really important to start off that relationship being true to yourself so that just like dating there's no surprises there you kind of are what you say on the tin which I am a big big fan of So that's it for this week, guys. I hope you have enjoyed it. Join me next time for more sales conversations. Bye for now. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.